I want to welcome everyone to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And uh, we are continuing our discussion uh, with various elders across the country, and I'm thankful to have a good friend, uh, Don Riddle, uh, who serves as an elder with the Robinson and Center Congregation in Conway, Arkansas. Don, welcome, and thank you for being a part uh, of this series of podcasts. You're welcome. Thanks for asking. Well, I, I've grown to love you. I've grown to love all the elders there at the congregation in Conway. And uh, y'all have been a great support to Cheryl and me over the years. And I just uh, really admire and love and appreciate the work that the elders have done with the congregation there and the direction that they're taking. And so I find it's going to be very beneficial to visit with you to talk about some of the challenges that congregations are experiencing across this country when it comes to this pandemic. And But before we kind of get into that, I, I think it'd be good if you would take some time to just tell us a little bit about the congregation, um, just everything from the demographics of the congregation and maybe talk a little bit about how the pandemic has affected the congregation, if you would. We're a congregation pre-pandemic of about uh, attendance of about 575 to 625. Uh, now we're having a third of that, half of that maybe. Uh, we've been here for 100 years. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we have a somewhat mixed congregation. We have several of our, our black brethren meeting with us. Uh, we don't have very many Hispanics, but we have, uh, but we're, we did a, a, a study here a year or so ago to find out what age groups we had. And we have about the same number in any age group you want to pick up from zero to 20, the 20s and 30s, 30, 40s and 50s, 60s and 70s, and, and that uh, 70 and above. There are about the same number of people in every category. So we are uh, uh, kind of a mixed group. We've had people who have been here for 50 years, and we have people who, who joined us this year. So how has the pandemic affected them? I mean, I know that, you know, it's great to see the balance, and, I, and I've loved that about the congregation. Uh, has it had a greater impact on uh, any certain group or just kind of overall? What, what kind of effect has the congregation experienced from it? We've lost one of our members. Uh, she was in her 70s, um, and she had a... a I don't know, she may have had underlying problems, I don't know, but uh, she's the only one that we've lost so far. We've had, I think, 34, 35, 36 members that I know of that have had it and have recovered. Uh, so it has impacted people. We've had a lot of people quarantined. We have we have two elders' families right now in quarantine uh, because of contact with people. Um, it's working on everybody's psyche. We don't like it. It's, uh, uh, you know, you want to hug somebody, especially when someone loses someone. And we've lost 20 or 30 people, uh, fa uh, family members, uh, that, uh, this year, this past year. Uh, and you want to go up there and you want to hug on their neck and you think, I can't do that because I might give them something. And I don't want them sick. And it's, it's been very trying. In the past year, and it's just going to speak for myself. In the past year, 
I've prayed for more people than I ever have in my life. Hmm. I, I'll say that with any sense of pride. That's probably a sense of, that's an admission. I hadn't, hadn't done a very good job of praying for people, but but I've prayed for, uh, and I have a list. In fact, I have a list in front of me right now of people I pray for almost every night. And then when I don't do that, I uh, I just get the church directory out, let people know they're not forgotten. And I, and I, I've prayed through the church directory probably every month since last March. Hmm. So the congregation itself, I, I know that with the pandemic hitting, that it's kind of changed the way services are conducted. And so tell me, tell me a little bit about how that's changed for the congregation. Uh, well, we started out, we couldn't meet together at all. Uh, but the elders met together and we put every, we just broadcast everything. Uh, and we had some trouble figuring out uh, our provider the use of that. We basically wound up on Facebook. Um, we started out doing that. And then we started meeting together in June. Uh, and we have two services, one for the older people. We kept it spread out. And we have a congregation that will seat 859. Mm-hmm. So we can spread everybody out six feet easily. We've marked off every other pew. Every there, every other pew in the, in the building hasn't been used in a year. <laughs> uh, and then the second service got a little bit big, so we went to a third service. And then after a while, that kind of fizzled, so we went back to two services. We changed the times. Uh, so it, it's a it's a uh, assess and adapt. Uh, right. So we, we just met. We, we started meeting again in October on Sunday nights. And then uh, we've been meeting on Wednesday nights uh, the last several, couple of months. Uh, and we everything is uh, uh, streamed out uh, on, every, on every service. And we have a bunch of folks who watch it uh, every Sunday. Well, I want to I want to talk a little bit about the streaming of services because that's that's been a common thread with a lot of congregations that that I've talked to that I'm aware of, and and of course I on Facebook I'll see every week there are just hundreds of feeds with uh, various congregations across the country where I have friends that that they're streaming their services and so tell me a little bit about how you've done that but more importantly. How do you think that's impacted the congregation with and, and I say that because i've I've heard this term used about the pajama generation, and there are a lot of people that are getting comfortable with uh, worshiping at home and and so the, there are a lot of elders that I've talked to that are really concerned about, okay, how do we get people back and how do we start you know pulling things back together so if you would take some time, tell us about how that's been discussed and, and how that's affected the congregation and how this streaming of services has worked for you. Well, the common answer to that is everybody has missed everybody. Uh, even though they're at home, they still miss the touch. They still miss, you know, their friends. They still miss being there. They, you know, they still miss the singing that we used to have. Uh, they just miss being together. Some of them have to be, but we have several with severe underlying 
diseases. Well, let's put it this way. We have one uh, man, if he gets this disease, he already has a terminal lung disease. Mm-hmm. If he catches this, he will not make it. Right. We have uh, another lady who whose red blood count went down to almost nil. And she's had to take uh, several uh, transfusions of blood to get back up to somewhat sense of normal. And so she can't catch it right now because she's not got any immune system to, to work on. Um, it's, it's, it's been difficult. Most of the people I've talked with miss it. Uh, we, we, we had a lady last week, the first time since March, she was there against her kids' wishes. Hmm. I talked to a lady yesterday. Betty and I talked to a lady yesterday. She hasn't been out of her house, her words, since March. Wow. Uh, they, they bring her food. They bring her, you know, they, they get, her bills get paid. Uh, she she said, I can drive a little bit, and she'll get out a little bit. She said, I'll go to Kroger, and that's it. She didn't go anywhere. Uh, and she told us yesterday she misses everybody, and she wants to be there. But she's in her 80s, and she knows that if she catches it, it probably wouldn't be good for her. So, it, and she doesn't even have a computer. So her, her daughter comes by, and, and they watch the services on her phone. She makes her own bread. Uh, and we provide communion supplies if anybody wants to they get that online, uh, watch online. They come by the building and get the communion supplies. But we have a lot of people who just can't be there. And we know that. And it, gets, it lets them stay connected in a way. Not the way it's best, but at least it's the best we can do right now. Right. So you mentioned several different people in the congregation that because of their underlying conditions and the, some of the difficulties with their health that make it very difficult for them. To be there. And I know you mentioned earlier that there's been somewhere around 35, 36 people that have been infected with the virus and lost one member. And several of the members of the congregation have other family members that have either died from the virus or been infected by it. How have the elders uh, specifically worked with those families? What kind of things has the congregation done to help those impacted by the virus? That's one of the things that I don't like because before COVID, anytime anybody had something major in the the family, a death, uh, a hospitalization, uh, a stressful event at work or whatever, we would get together on Wednesday evening and we would pray with them. You know, you all stand in a circle. The elders would get together with with our wives and we form a circle and we'd pray with them. You can't do that. Hmm. And that really bothers us. Uh, so what we do is uh, we, for everybody that has any event like that, we write a card, a personal card, we write it out ourselves um, and send it to them and we pray for them and we let them know we do that. Um, and that way we have some connection uh, with, with these events, with, with things that happen. So as things change, and and obviously everybody's hoping that 2021 is going to bring with the introduction of a vaccine and and just as this continues to move forward, that everybody's hoping things are going to get better. 
But until then, there are constantly updates. Each state, each governor of the state is uh, continually working to provide whatever updates as far as restrictions are concerned or the loosening of those restrictions. So from, from March of last year, when this whole thing started through today and as you're moving forward, it, what ways are you using to communicate these updates to the members and, and how are you keeping them updated as to all of the information in regards to the coronavirus and the restrictions and and the meeting of the congregation and all of that? Well, our meeting days, <clears throat> and we change them several times. We have a monthly newsletter and we put out, if we're going to change something, we, we let everybody know within two weeks, it's going to change to this. We have a weekly bulletin at, at the building, which now we, we take a photocopy of and it's put on Facebook. So those who don't get one can see that. Uh, and then this word of mouth, it's 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 difficult to get everybody to get to everybody, but that's basically the way we, we with our monthly and our, our weekly newsletters and, and letting everybody know. Tell everybody you know this is what's gonna happen, it's gonna change, or this is changing. Uh, the governor's gonna let us do this so we can change this. We can we can well they hadn't told us we can seat anymore. We can put about 225 roughly in the building. And then we've got to go to another service. So have you found that the means that are being used have been effective? And because it is a large congregation, and I know it's challenging for you to, to be able to, as elders, to personally speak to every single person. And so have you found that the means that are being used have been effective in keeping everyone informed? Everyone, no. Because unless you just call everybody, you, especially our older ones who aren't technical savvy, technically savvy, um, those are the ones we were. The younger generations get it on, online. That's not a problem. Uh, we're we're starting and uh, they're work, turning over right now at at church uh, to uh, another system where we can do more more with it than what we can do with what we have right now. And I don't even know what I'm talking about. So that's why it sounds weird, <laughs> but uh, I know, <clears throat> it's going to allow us to video conference some. It's going to allow us uh, to do other things that we can't do right now. And um, hopefully that will allow us to at least uh, get more word out uh, through social media. We still have the problem with the older ones where you're just going to have to have people contact them. Right. Well, and I know it's challenging, uh, every aspect. <laughs> Do what? I'm an older one, too. Uh, <laughs> Zoom, and I can see some of the other I figure things out, but uh, technically savvy, no. Well, I tell you, I know the congregation and the elders there are, are really overwhelmed with the magnitude of it. And uh, I know that the congregation appreciates the steps that are being taken and uh, I'm just thankful for the time that we get to talk about it. Uh, and I want us to continue the discussion in our next session, but I'm certainly thankful for, for your time. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, I know that the information that Don has shared with us today is super helpful in understanding more about what they're doing, but as well, how you can learn from that to benefit you and your congregation. And we're going to continue this discussion in our next session. So I hope you'll continue to join us as we talk with Don Riddle. Uh, about the congregation there at Robinson Center and the work that they're doing to help 
uh, during this time of crisis. But thank you for listening. We look forward to the next session. God bless.